part of it is that you can't grow 10% with a strategic alliance. You double, you triple, you 10x, you 50x. So it's, it's a force multiplier of, of extreme uh, level. And, and you definitely, if you're, if you're not familiar, you want to learn, you want to practice it, you want to get in the game, and you want to do it for sure. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, it's Adam here, and thanks so much for tuning into the show today. Now, before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to let you know how you can get hold of a free copy of my book, Conversational Relationship Marketing, because inside you're going to find 10 golden rules for B2B and professional service firms that consistently create client sales opportunities and drives revenue growth. And you'll find out how to do all of that using professionalism, ethics, and good manners. So what you can do to get your free copy is go to the podcast gift page at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift. And when you get hold of the book, what you're going to discover is a simple strategy to ensure that you consistently have a full calendar of motivated and qualified ideal potential clients who want to discuss doing business with you. And what I'm literally doing is giving away the exact entire strategy that my clients pay thousands to implement with them. Not only that, I share throughout the book links to templates, frameworks and workbooks that you can use to actually implement the strategy and get results. And it's all for free, no strings attached. In fact, there isn't even an opt-in. So please make sure you go and grab your copy on the podcast gift page at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift. And if you want to grab some of the other gifts and resources that I offer there, please help yourself. So I hope you go and get the book. I hope you read it. And more importantly, I hope you do something with it. And when you do, I'd love to get your feedback on the results that you've got. But until then, let's get to today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I'm really excited with today's episode because we're going to be talking about the one marketing strategy that consistently outperforms everything by a long way. And yes, I know that is a bold promise, yet it's one that I know is 100% true, so I can say it with absolute confidence. But before I reveal what this is, what I want to do is just set the scene a little with a bit of a twist on a fairly well-known saying, and that is, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. But when you leverage a crew, you'll feed the entire village for generations. Now, you're probably thinking, all right, Adam, what on earth has this got to do with that marketing strategy that consistently outperforms everything by a long way? And I'm saying every time, right? This is every time this works. And what is it? Okay, so I'm going to put you out your misery, all right? It's reciprocal strategic alliances and partnerships. Now, using and continuing my fishing analogy, this is really a strategy that gets you invited to fish in other people's ponds full of hungry fish. Because the more lines that you have in these ponds that you're invited into, the better your odds of catching a lot of fish, right? Now, look, I have seen this approach work time and time again over the last 17 plus years of doing this marketing thing. And 
it honestly it beats any advertising strategy it eats funnels for lunch and seriously you can get started for zero cost so I really wanted to make sure that I did this topic justice. So you're in for a real treat today because my guest today is an absolute master at using Strategic Alliance to grow seven and eight figure businesses. In fact, he started some 87 businesses of his own, seven of them to seven figures and beyond. And today he's the chief movement maker of Entrepreneur Empowerment Institute, which is an emerging global enterprise with a mission to empower 10,000 authority entrepreneurs to build global movements and seven and eight figure businesses by December 2024. And as strategic alliances are his number one way of growing businesses, you're going to get some amazing insights from both his wins and his losses along the way to building those 87 businesses. So I am absolutely delighted to welcome my guest on the Client Catching Podcast today, Tom Matson. Tom, welcome to the show. So excited to be here, Adam. Thank you for that. Uh, customized, focused introduction. And uh, the thing that the thing that impresses me so much is that it is such a force multiplier to use strategic alliances and joint ventures and partnerships. And yet most individual entrepreneurs don't consciously even think of it as a strategy. They sort of stumble into this, right? They sort of like, oh yeah, I guess I'm doing a partnership. Look at that. There we go. Rather than allocating, oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50% of your week as a strategy. So we hope to inspire those of you tuning in. I always think there are two people listening at any one moment on the podcast. So hello to both of you. And, and, and uh, you're going to love this. This has been a breakthrough strategy. I've used it for 37 years. And uh, many of those 87 businesses, in fact, were strategic alliances themselves. Um, over the background, people say, well, how can you possibly start that many? Well, I couldn't. But together, lots of us could. And, and so super excited to talk about this. Without a doubt, my, uh, my favorite uh, strategy for entrepreneurs. So... I mean, there's there's a question that comes to mind after after listening to that, and 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 that is, why do you think that people don't necessarily think about strategic alliances, even though they have the potential to do what we know that they can do? Well, I think it's because there's an entire industry trained to sell us tactics. Uh, we call it the entrepreneur education cabal because <laughs> every movement has to have an enemy, right? Every movement has an enemy. Our enemy is the entrepreneur education cabal. Their job is to sell you shit. Oh, can I say that aloud? Sell you stuff. Their job is to sell you your Brit. You can handle it. Uh, their job is to sell you stuff. It, their job is not to get you to use it. Their job is not for you to get results. Otherwise, they would link their pricing to your results, Right. Think about it. Most of the programs you buy, most of the courses you buy, your payments are linked to a calendar at best, or it's all up front. Neither one of those are linked to your results. So if they were, if they were concerned about your results, they would link the, their payments to your results. Um, and, and that's the first thing. The second thing is by selling you a tactic, they know that there's another tactic to sell you down the road. Right. So Facebook ads, Facebook groups, you know, as we record this in late November 2020, it's challenges right now. Challenges are the flavor of the day. And there's 86 people teaching you how to do challenges. But they're all tactics. They're all tactics. They're not strategies. And so I think what what happens is we get drawn in uh, otherwise intelligent, smart, entrepreneurs get drawn into this world of responding to the latest tactic. But if you look at Fortune 500 CEOs, do you think they're going to take a course on Facebook ads? 
right? Uh, not very likely. And yet Fortune 500 CEOs are doing strategic alliances all the time, all the time. All you have to do is turn on CNBC globally and you'll see deals announced all the time. Partnerships, joint ventures, strategic alliances, even as you know, they announced a massive breakthrough on the COVID virus by Pfizer, but it wasn't Pfizer. It was Pfizer and Bioteam or someone. I forget the exact name. It is a new company I hadn't heard of. And they were a fraction the size of Pfizer. And yet here they are, partners on what could be the biggest single, you know, health invention in the history of mankind. I mean, let's face it, right? You're going to have billions of people getting vaccinated with whatever they come up with, right? It's going to be one of the biggest selling products instantly in the world forever. And Pfizer is totally capable of pulling it off on their own. But that's not the point. The point about strategic alliances isn't, can you do this on your own? The point about strategic alliances is why would you do it on your own? Why wouldn't you look for leverage and help and partnerships? And, and, and you know, the math we use in strategic alliance world is kind of different than normal math. Our math is one plus one is 11. Because if you do it right, it's a, literally a force multiplier. You get way more results for way less effort. And I don't know about you, but fundamentally... I'm lazy. As an entrepreneur, if I can get 10 times the results for half the work, I'm all over that, right? I'll at least explore it. As long as it's legal, moral, and ethical, I will explore it and take a look at it. And fortunately, early, early on, I had some great mentors that exposed me to this world, including uh, a guy who became my personal coach, Jay Abraham, and he lives and breathes strategic alliances. It's a huge part of his mindset because he's really good at adding sales to people's businesses. And so he knows, you know, I remember the first time I really went, holy cow, this is powerful. I had joined one of his first international masterminds. This was uh, for you kids out there. This was BG before Google. And it was a phone conference. We did a teleconference mastermind, audio only. We had to pay for the long distance line. I remember like freaking out. I have to call for like two hours, twice a month and make a long distance call. Oh my God, that's going to be expensive. And we get on there. And the first time I'm in the hot seat in his mastermind, he, he you know, at that time I was selling indoor golf training center franchises. So they were centers for learning how to play golf big two and a half million dollar operations. And he took me through a series of questions and then he goes, so you're telling me like one in a hundred leads convert? And I go, yeah, that's best practices actually. He goes, oh, oh, this is so easy. And I'm like, okay. He said, just go to your direct competitors and do a dead lead swap. And I go, what's a dead lead swap? And he describes it, you know, it's like they're dead leads and you're dead leads and you swap them. I'm like, to your direct competitors. He says, oh yeah, the best way, the best person to market with is your direct competitor. And that's when I realized like this guy was so brilliant at the strategy of strategic alliances. I hadn't even considered going to my direct competitors in the franchising world. We all spent a ton of money to generate leads. And what we were doing was unique. And so my first response was, well, we don't have any direct competitors, which I later learned is a stupid thing to say to Jay Abraham. <laughs> He's like, well, Will they buy your franchise and the other guy at the same time? No, they'll only buy one of us. Well, then they're a direct competitor. I'm like, oh, yeah. And so I hadn't even thought about it that way. First off, that direct competitors are simply competing for the dollars that are being decided. And then, and then and the first company we approached, 
I remember distinctly, it was at the International PGA Golf Show. The first company we approached, they were in a, they were a retail golf franchise. So they were they were in the same space, but not directly competitive in the sense of we were doing training, they were selling equipment. But of course, you wouldn't buy both at the same time, right? The guy goes, that's a great idea. Yeah, here's my card. Follow up to the show. Let's do it. Like it took 15 seconds, 15 seconds to put that together after I knew what to think about and ask for. And, and that was my first sort of like opening my eyes to this world of strategic alliances. And once I will tell you, you know, listeners and viewers, once you understand the power behind this, you see this everywhere you go <laughs> from now on. I mean, it's, it was 93% of our sales last year. Strategic alliances were 93% of our sales. Um, and, you know, we're a mid seven figure business on our way to eight figures. That's a lot of revenue generated by strategic alliances. And, and next and year. What I love, yeah, what I love about this approach is it's, it's kind of what you just uh, touched on there in that um, you start seeing them everywhere. And what you ultimately start doing is seeing opportunity everywhere. Yes. And especially, you know, in the light of the year of 2020, and there's a lot of people um, struggling, suffering, all that kind of thing, that if you actually sort of take off that lens of struggle and and problem and, and you're trying to sort of just sell the person in front of you and actually just say, right, what opportunities are there with this person? Whether it is a direct client, whether it is a potential partner, whatever it is, yeah. just flipping that switch. And looking at things in a different way. What is the opportunity from this conversation? Yeah. Like it's a very, very different way of seeing things. And, and we um, start with our whole philosophy in, in, in the training we do in this area and in our masterminds around deal making. We talk about the 12 things you can bring to the table. And we take we spend a whole bunch of time. In fact, every single meeting, we take one of the 12 things and we drill down on it so that everyone involved is constantly thinking, not what can I get? But what can I bring? What can I bring? Because great strategic alliances are formed on me bringing something to you, right? A podcast interview is a strategic alliance, right? I'm helping you help your tribe, right? And you're helping me get my word out on, on something, a topic I care deeply about. That's a strategic alliance. And whether we end up making any direct revenue out of this transaction, frankly, isn't relevant to either one of us because that's not the purpose of this particular medium, Right. This particular medium is about educating those of you that are tuning in and inspiring you to make a difference in your lives. And if that happens, well, of course, you're going to spread, send some love to Adam and I like that's just a natural occurrence. That's karma. That's or Dharma, depending on how you look at it, if you understand the differences. But, yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a fascinating way to play the game. And the other part of it is it is a uh, I used to say that a lot of people have a vision of the world. There's it's an apple pie. And we're carving up the apple pie and you're trying to get the biggest piece you can of the pie. Once you understand strategic alliances and joint ventures, you have an apple pie making machine, right? It's like, here's yeah. a pie for in, you, Adam. In this country, you're Mr. You're, Kipling, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Mr. Kipling, right? You're Mr. Kipling. You're cranking them out. You're passing them out to people because that's literally what happens. You have the ability to create way more than existed previously by combining forces. And uh, it's such a fascinating way to, uh, to grow a business. It's, uh, it's easier. It's more fun. You get to work with amazing people because you attract amazing people. Uh, and yes, you make a lot more money. You make a lot more profit and you have a lot more life along the way, which is kind of a good combination. 
It is indeed. And um, funny how the, uh, Mr. Kipling um, ended up in this. And, and I don't know if you have Mr. Kipling sort of cakes and pies and stuff over there. So they're, they're cakes and they're apple pies and they're slices and all the rest of it. But you see quite a lot. Um, this is a great example of a company. It's a big company in the UK. I, I don't know who owns it. It's probably a big um, food manufacturer that owns it. But they often have um, special edition cakes that feature um, famous characters or um um, like cartoon characters and, and things like that on there. And you know that whoever has the rights to those, they've either, either licensed the rights to use that or because they're, uh, and every, every food manufacturer does a similar thing. If there's a, a movie out, for example, and they want to promote the movie, there'll be a strategic alliance with cereal brands and, and all that kind of thing where they are working with someone else with a different distribution network to be able to get their product, their movie, whatever it is, in front of a, a yep. of an audience that they know is going to be likely to want to you know, come and watch the movie or buy the uh, buy the toys or, or things like that. Yeah, or, or collect the Batman figurine or whatever it happens to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then and and that's, in fact, that's a great years. way if you're not used to that world, it's a great way to sort of put a hook on it and say, oh yeah, I've seen that all the time, right? You'll I've, see it everywhere, won't you? Yeah. When you actually look for it. I mean, all sorts of examples. When we get... Um, um, food deliveries, for example, there's um, leaflets in there for from other companies that have um, you know special deals because you are a customer of you know whatever supermarket. You go onto their websites. They don't just do the delivery of the food. They say right, we we partner with this company X, you know, company Y, all that kind of thing because they know people that buy certain things will then buy other things. So it's a way to get into the distribution network. Even, and I think even the grocery the stores themselves, right? You know, back in the day when we visited these stores, <laughs> you would go up and down the aisles. And at the end of the aisle, in the in the lingo of that world, it's called an end aisle, right? End of the aisle. There would be a big display of something, right? Even today, you go there, there's a big display of something. What most people don't know is that's a bought and paid for listing, almost always. It's a strategic alliance where that vendor says, I want more exposure, so I can sell more products. I will give you, Mr. Store Chain, X amount of money to put me there for three weeks or two weeks or whatever it is. And, you know, when I was in that space, the sales would be 15, 20, 50 times what they normally would be on the shelf. I mean, an absolute game changer. If you knew your numbers, you could buy end aisles all the time. I mean, if, assuming you had a good product. <laughs> but if you had a good product, you could buy, you could buy end aisles and literally print money literally print money. And then we found out out of desperation that sometimes you can get those by bartering other things, right? Sometimes it isn't just cash. And a lot of times people just think very laterally. In fact, we call it strategic alliances rather than joint ventures because inside strategic alliances are joint ventures, right? You've got a list, I've got a product, you promote it, and that's a joint venture. And a lot of entrepreneurs are familiar with that model, both low-end and high-end versions of the same thing. But there's so many other ways to help each other grow and support and scale and advise and all kinds of other aspects that 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 literally, I mean, I spend about 30 to 50% of my week on strategic alliances. Right now, more because we're doing this big, massive event, as you know, but normally it's 30 to 50% of my week on strategic alliances. And I'm always, that's the one part of my schedule I'm looking to say, how can I do more? How can I do more? How can I do more? Uh, and you can outsource you can outsource that, but as a leader in your organization, you also want to be involved in those things. At least mm. that's the way we look at it. Yeah, because what's great about it is 
really you're only limited by your own creativity and your own imagination on, on yep. what you can put in place, right? And I think that what you said there as well about, you know, being the leader of your business, the leader of your company, and you mentioned earlier as well about um, Fortune 500 CEOs, they're not necessarily the ones taking a Facebook course or anything like that. It is so true. Like there are, you know, as you grow into a business or you rise up the level of a business, I mean, just look at, um, uh, you know, Branson or um, Musk or um, Bezos or anyone like that. They really only do a handful of things, right? They are the figurehead of the business. They are out there sort of, you know, promoting their brand in a way, you know, so Branson writes books, Musk writes books, all that kind of thing. Just being that person in the public eye, communicating with the media, et cetera, et cetera controlling the strategic direction, planning all of that sort of stuff, and ultimately, you know, high-level relationship building with other key businesses that can actually help to move towards that key strategic um, direction which they've actually chosen. And a lot of that comes through partnerships. Um, Well, and even the concept of the book, right? Most of the high-level authorities don't write their own books. They have a ghost author who writes it. There's an alliance. Most use formal publishers. There's a whole set of alliances. If you've ever used the, I've done both self-published and conventionally published. And, you know, the conventionally published have massive distribution if they do it right. But there's multiple layers of strategic alliances involved there. And then if you're smart, you've got some sort of offer, some sort of reason for people in your book to come back to your website and engage with you and, and, and build a relationship. Well, that's another form of a, a strategic alliance. Even just the book promoting their vision and mission and what they want to do, let alone the actual businesses, right? The actual businesses constantly, if, if, if you watch any business channel, you will see business deals announced all the time by companies that are growing and expanding. Uh, you know, Uber and Lyft are the two big dogs in the, uh, in the shared ride space. Um, yesterday, Lyft announced they were getting into the food delivery space kind of slow on the uptake. You know, everyone else who does that is in there, but you know, no problem. Well, guess what? They didn't announce they're getting into the food delivery space. They announced a partnership with Grubhub getting into the food delivery space, right? So they're not getting into the food delivery space on their own. They're instead partnering with someone that's got all the software, all the restaurants, all the distribution. And overnight, they're going to go from not having any revenue in that new little division to, I think their projection was 75 million the first quarter, right? Think about that, right? Brand new, brand new in, a, in an industry that's very tough margins, by the way, if you've ever tried to make money delivering food, it's a tough business to make money in, right? But guess what? Even if they're only making four or 5% on 75 million, that's, that's three or 4 million to the bottom line. Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about Uber as well because they've also recently set up some, uh, you know, like a uh, some sort of partnership with Spotify. Um, is it Ride with Uber, the, the the whole playlist thing that's going on there and all Ooh. the rest of it? So Uber get effectively free advertising through Spotify. Love it. It's it's amazing. Like, and and that just shows the level of you know thinking. It's like right, where do people, um, you know, where do we want to get, um, you know, Spotify, um, and, and and Uber? Where do people actually listen to some of these things? It's like okay, well you know, Uber drivers, let's, let's, let's do it that way. It's, yep. it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an example, but it's, you know, it's just another one that is uh, incredibly powerful because both of them have big distribution networks. Everything you want in your business, whether it's time, money, or influence, those are the three big categories we divided into, right? Time, you want to leverage your time by getting other people involved, 
right? We're doing this great big strategic alliance summit. As you know, one of our seven strategies to fill it involves taking our raving fan customers who don't have authority and don't have tribes, right? And we're in the business of taking people with authority and tribes and taking them global. So, you know, that's uh, that's where we make the bulk of our revenue, but we also attract a lot of people who don't have either of those. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, we, we can't get, we, we can't sell them a program with integrity because they don't have authority or a tribe yet. So what did we do? We developed a program to build authority and tribe if you don't have it and they can't buy it. They can only join our ambassador program and promote the things that we do. That's the only way they can pay for it. They can't give us money. And it's a test program for us. It's the first time we've done it this way, but it was sort of like, well, this is totally win-win, right? They're going to get $25,000 worth of world-class training over the next 12 months. And in return, they're going to help us fill our events. And yesterday we just, we just started turning on that switch like three days ago. And I logged in yesterday and I looked at the data and we have our first two tickets sold and we have 64 visitors that have come to our site from the ambassador program. And I'm super excited. It's like, yay, it's starting. It's starting. Cause it's like super easy to do. And you know, in this situation, the person running the ambassador program is a strategic alliance because we didn't have the bandwidth to manage a whole bunch of new promoters. They don't, there's a lot of handholding necessary. So we knew that in advance. So we bartered a person in to take that role on. And then every single one of the 43 people we currently have, they're all getting involved and they're helping out. And in return, we're helping train them. And it's a total win-win, triple win, really. That's what you want to look for, right? You want The first thing you want to think about if you're taking notes back home is who, not how. Who, not how. What most small business owners think of is how. How do I do this? How do I solve this? Entrepreneurs, the shift from small business to entrepreneurs, you ask the question, who? Who can I get to solve this problem? Who can I get to figure this out? Who can I get to fill the gap? Rather than how do I fill the gap and solve the problem? And just because you can't afford to outsource doesn't mean you should be the one doing it. Let me say that again. Just because you can't afford to outsource doesn't mean you should be the one doing it. It just means you need to be more creative in how you find someone, right? So those are the first two steps that I think are so critical for that mindset of an entrepreneur, especially, here's the thing. If you have something of value you're bringing to the marketplace, my old mentor, Jay Abraham said, you have a moral obligation to serve as many people as possible. It's not about the money. The money is a reward for doing a good job. My world, that's what I look at. It's a reward for doing a good job. It's not about the money. It's about the doing a good job. But his point is you have a moral obligation to get and serve as many people as you can if you're doing something of value. Now, if you're not doing something of value, who cares? (laughs) You can still use strategic alliances to make some money, but, you know, who cares? Really, fundamentally, who cares? I would imagine most of the people tuning into this podcast And most of the people you work with day in and day out, Adam, have something of value they're bringing to the world. Am I right? Yeah. And so these are the people that we play with as well. This is the people that are making a difference in the world, particularly in their niche, all right, or their micro niche. They're making a massive difference. And, you know, if you're doing six figures, you should be doing seven. Plain and simple. If you're doing seven figures, you should be doing eight, right? We're already putting the infrastructure in place to do nine figures of revenue per year, which is a hundred million plus for you math challenge people. <laughs> and, and it's the vast majority of that's going to come from strategic alliances. 
It's going to come from strategic alliances. And it's, it's such a fun way to grow your business too. It's such a fun way to grow your business because most of us grow our business by getting a prospect, having a conversation, and then signing up. Right. I'm being, I'm being interviewed as we record this later this afternoon. I'm being interviewed on this show where they, they have a, a mock role play with all these high level entrepreneurs around the world selling someone in three minutes. Well, we take 45 minutes to screen and qualify at a minimum our clients. And they've invited me to be on it. I was a judge before and now I'm going to be on it. And I'm like, I was thinking this morning, I'm going, I don't do it in three minutes. I don't manipulate someone into buying. Like I just, that's not my style. I get to know them. I get to find out if I can genuinely help them. And if I can genuinely help them, then we talk about the best way to serve each other. But I don't do one-on-one. And so I'm pretty sure I'm going to get raked raked over the coals when I do this because they do have a panel of judges and they rate you, right? I'm pretty sure I'm going to get raked over the coals. But I've offered to do it because I like the work these guys are doing and it's fun and they get a lot of profile people in. And it's like, okay, uh, and, and, and it's also a new world. It's a new circle of influence. And what does it cost me? It costs me an hour of my time, right? Yeah. And I'm helping them out. I'll be interested to see how that one goes, actually. It really will. You'll have to let me know when that's right. I'm like, like, yeah, I don't, because, you know, if you're you're genuinely interested in someone, it's very difficult to have a custom solution discussion in three minutes. Hmm. You can't, I mean, we're we're past three minutes in our discussion here, and we're just barely scratching the surface on strategic alliances, let alone, right, doing one together and figuring it out and all those things that come with that. Now, I'm not saying there aren't ways to accelerate that process. Of course there are. There absolutely are ways to do that. And we can learn from other people that have other strategies for sure. In fact, that's one of the strategic alliances. One of the 12 things that we talk about people can bring to the table is sales methodology. Sales teams are obvious ones, but sales methodology, if you've got an approach, a strategy that works, and you can bring that to other organizations, they can really benefit from that. And you can get a percentage or you can get a fee or you can get equity or you can get a reciprocal marketing arrangement. There's all kinds of ways to get paid. Cash is only one, right? There are five main ways to get paid out there and cash is only one. Even if they just raise your authority, that's why I'm doing this one, right? It's a global platform. They've had a lot of heavy hitters on it. They reached out to me. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll support you guys. No problem at all. And it'll also, it'll get out there and indexed and raise the authority just a little bit more. And a few more people will hear about these, this crazy guy that builds high ticket programs that guarantee results for the clients and, you know, does strategic alliances. And we, you know, we might get some business out of it. I'm not doing it for business. I'm doing it to help them with their mission. And out of that will come some raised authority. And out of that might come some business, but I'm not doing it for the business in this case. Right. That's the other thing I find entrepreneurs mess up is they get they get confused as to what their most wanted response is. Right. Any website design people, you're very familiar with that term, right? Most wanted response, MWR, where what's your most wanted response? A lot of times we as marketers, we step into things without being clear on what our most wanted response is. Right. So right now we're talking about strategic alliances. And so one of our goals is to motivate and inspire people that listen in. But when I do podcast interviews, my most wanted response is to build a high trust relationship with the host. That's my number one most wanted response because that's the highest leverage outcome for me and our team, right? If we get to know each other better, we get to figure out how to help each other three months, six months, 12 months down the road, we can do all sorts of good work together. So my, but, but now how 
I deliver on getting to know you and build high trust relationship is by delivering value for your audience. <laughs> so it's synergistic with what might be your most wanted response, right? A useful, awesome podcast that people actually want to listen to, <laughs> right? But it, 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 you, you want to be crystal clear on what your number one always, there's always a number one, right? People say, well, I got these four things. Okay, great. Rank them. Well, they're all important. No, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying they're not all part of your mix, right? But you need to rank them so that you know, okay, what is number one? What is number one in that scenario? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess if I thought about it, it would be building high trust with Adam. Okay, great. All right. Now, for me, it's second nature because I've been doing this for more than 20 years, thinking most wanted response every time. So I don't I now go, okay, oh, I'll have a call with Adam this morning. Okay, what can I do to make Adam love me? <sighs> like, I, I, it's not, you don't need to do that. <laughs> we don't need to be obsessive about most wanted response. But, right, if you're dealing with your dream 100, you know, the 100 people that if they become raving fans of you and your business have a profound impact on the future. Yeah, you got to think that through. Got to say, okay, I get this, I get this, I get this, I get this, I could do this, I could do this. And I'm not talking like being a stalker. <laughs> um, I'm talking about being like smart and strategic about how to do that. We're launching a new podcast with one of our strategic partners, uh, Josh Elledge from Up My Influence. So I'm going to be a podcast host finally. Mm. After being on hundreds of shows, I'm finally deciding, yeah. okay, it's time. And guess what it's called? Seven Figure Strategic Alliances podcast. I wonder what's going to be covered in that podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big fan of self-explanatory titles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because, um, I mean, what you talk about, you know, the uh, the main outcome that you're after with, you know, whenever you're doing certain things, it's, 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 an exa it's exactly the reason why I created this podcast. Um, mm. It's exactly the same. It's to build relationships, to create alliances, um, it, it's like uh, I guess Matt Johnson previously described having a podcast as like networking on steroids because you mm -hmm. get to pick and choose. Yep. And it is an intimate setting where you can have a conversation, you can build a relationship, you co-create valuable content that's useful for both, um, you know, the, the host's audience and also the guest's audience. Mm -hmm. And you get to have, I mean, it's a bit like going to an event, isn't it? You know, you, you watch things on stage and all the rest of it, but really the magic of, I think, a podcast um, when you're interviewing other pe people, it happens before and after you hit record. It's the conversations. And I, I never approach a guest thinking anything other than what opportunity can I open by having a conversation with, with this person? Like, super smart, it. super smart. And I wish more podcast hosts understood the power of that because it's really, no offense to the two of you still tuning in, it's really not about you two. <laughs> it's our conversation is about ourselves helping each other. And by extension, of course, you two, right? You're not going to be listening if you're not getting value out of the concept. In this case, I was doing strategic alliances, leveraging time, leveraging your money, leveraging your influence. Like those are all super important things. But strategically, right? It's a big investment of time for you to do a podcast. And even if you're super smart and you set up outsourcing and get most of it outsourced, which, you know, most entrepreneurs are smart enough to do that nowadays because it's easy to do, there's still time involved, right? There's still time involved with that. And it's why I resisted on my side because I don't do things halfway. I, I don't do things halfway. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to be a guest, I'm going to be full on. I'm going to show up. I, I dress like this for every podcast interview, even the audio ones. 
And I remember they'll come on and they'll go like, uh, you know, we're audio, right? And I go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't matter because I know that if if the host sees me dressed as a professional, they're going to trust my advice more. They're going to appreciate it more and same with their audience. But I'm also going to be treating it more seriously. I'm not going to get on stage looking like a Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, it's not my stick. T-shirt and jeans. It's just not my stick. And also... Gary can get away with that because of what he's built around him. Most of us can't. Most of us can't. So why not leverage your authority and build it up so people will listen? And if, if people listen, then you've got a chance to change their lives. Right. And, and, and that says a lot about the mindset required to make a strategic alliance work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's how can I, and I, and I think about it, it it's a bit like, um, you know, how I guess it's a game of, of going first and giving value. Like, what can I offer? What opportunity can I spot for this person? Because that's ultimately what you're, I guess, if you're approaching somebody and and you have a partnership or alliance in mind, you are going to them with an opportunity that they wouldn't necessarily have thought about before you came along. So it's, it's that sort of thing. And it can be as small as having a conversation over Zoom and putting it on a podcast, or it can be as big as integrating your entire two businesses together so that there's like a a synergy in the client journey that um, the clients ultimately experience and it's seamless from start to finish or even a brand new business or taking over or or using um, unused assets in a business. And one of Jay Abraham's um, famous examples is um, a motorcycle manufacturer in Asia needed to get, um, I think it was in uh, Malaysia and needed some um, manufacturing, but didn't have the money to, you know, millions literally to create this. So I think Jay said, well, why don't you find someone that has got excess capacity? And I think the guy came back and he found a lawnmower manufacturer that had excess capacity overnight. So they literally partnered up and, you know, the guy came back and said, I've made millions. I mean, that's an example. Yeah, and we do something similar in our referral programs. So we teach people to do run referral programs as a way to accelerate growth, which by the way, referral programs are a strategic alliance. You're taking your happy customers and they're giving you more customers, more prospects, which ultimately become more customers. So even just a referral program is a strategic alliance. But our most simple, most powerful one is an envelope. And the envelope says, who says there's no such thing as a free lunch on the front? And when a client comes on board, you give them the envelope back in the day, you could meet them live (laughs) and you'd say, thank you for your business. Right now you send it to them, but same idea. Thank you for your business. And what we do inside is an invitation to refer people crafted well, asking for four names. And it, depending on your margins and your business, every person they, they refer you, you and that person get to go for lunch at a restaurant, lunch on the, the, the company, lunch on the company. Well, how we do that is we go to a restaurant that is busy at night and has excess capacity at lunch and they're really good food. That's the criteria. They're going to be really good food and they have to be packed at night. So they're popular, but, but not open at lunch, but not busy at lunch. Right. So they get excess capacity. And then we talk to the general manager or the chief marketing officer of the restaurant and say, we're going to send our best customers to you at lunch. When you got the room, we don't want any alcohol involved. We don't want any liability issues. So we just want lunch for two. What can you do for us? And the worst they do is two for one, 50% off. Like the worst they do. Many times they'll comp the whole thing. 
because it's our best customers. We're sending them and they have to spend money to get customers in the door. So all they're doing is spending a little bit of food. Yeah. So many times they'll do it for free, but at the very least it's 50% off. So you're buying two lunches for 25 bucks in a really nice restaurant. You look like a freaking hero. <laughs> mm. That's a smart idea. Right. And there, but there's an excess capacity. So one of the other things, and we don't talk about this a lot, but we should is ask yourself all the time when you're listening to a podcast, when you're watching a webinar, a masterclass, ask not, does this apply to me, but how does this apply to me? In our masterminds, it's actually a post-it note that we have people put electronically on their screen. And they're always asking, how does this apply to me? You might have heard Adam's example about excess capacity manufacturing going, oh, I'm not a manufacturer. It doesn't apply to me. Well, guess what? Excess capacity in a restaurant does apply to you because that's a referral program. Then you may say, well, my customers aren't local. Okay, well, how does it apply to you? Not local, global. Gee, do you think Uber Eats operates in most markets? <laughs> right? I got invited to a high-end mastermind I was a speaker at recently, and, and they usually get together live, but you know, COVID's dictated you can't do that. And what arrives but an electronic certificate for lunch? Now, he didn't know. I'm not in Vancouver. I'm near Vancouver, so I couldn't use it. But I was still appreciative of the fact that he sent it. And you know, we figured out something, gave it back to him to use for something else. I don't want to waste it. But the, the idea was he was treating all of his people to lunch. Well, I know he did some sort of deal with that particular organization. Why not? Right? If you bulk, even just if you bulk buy and get a deal, you, there's, there's a strategic alliance of sorts. So leveraging time, money, and influence. Come back to the main principles, right? If you're so busy, you can't keep up. Leveraging your time means attracting people to donate some of their time, right? And this happens all the time. Anyone tuning in, have clients that are awesome prospects, sorry, not clients, but prospects, awesome prospects, but they don't have enough money for your service. Ever had that happen, Adam? Well, absolutely. Right? Like, what day is it? Is it a day that ends in Y? Right? I mean, anyone that's growing their business has that happen on a regular occurrence. They're awesome. They're totally qualified, and they just don't have enough cash to, to play the game. Well, you could just, you know, politely say piss off and nurture them and hope they have cash. You could just finance them and suddenly become a bank, right? And if you've got enough growth and scale, that's a good strategy because you can charge them interest and you'll make more money doing that than not, which is also a strategic alliance, by the way, when you finance them. Or you could do something we've started to do where if we truly love and adore them and think they're an amazing fit, instead of a $1,200 or a $2,500 deposit, we'll literally take a $100 deposit and they will commit X number of hours of labor to make up for the difference as their application fee. Hmm. And because we're always, we always need more help. We're growing rapidly. We always can use more help from sharp people. Hmm. So if it's someone we like and with someone that we think we can really help with their, wherever they're going with that program, we will offer this as a, well, why don't we consider this? And they are so grateful they're so appreciative. We just had literally two this week sign up from different parts of the world that are so over the top enthusiastic about being able to do that. So grateful for us. And we're grateful back because we're 100%. getting 10, 15, 20 hours of labor from someone who's awesome. And by the way, wants to do such an amazing job because they, they want them to be appreciated by us. 
right? So it's not just you're hiring someone to help you out for 10 hours. You're hiring someone who's totally wants to spoil you <laughs> and help out, right? So there's a way to leverage your time. Boom. You just leverage your time, right? Money is another thing, right? If they don't know, in this case, we're leveraging their lack of money to help us create more contacts, clients, and more, therefore more money. But you can also literally get money in as a strategic alliance, right? A bank loan is a form of a strategic alliance, but it's a very, you know, very low level form of strategic alliance. Investors are a more high level form. Private loans are a great one. They're my favorite, actually. Mm. Private loans, private equity. You'll pay 15 or 20% interest, but it's based on character, not credit. Character, not credit. And if you've got character and you've got a good use of it, but you don't have credit or don't want to leverage that credit or your significant other won't let you co-sign the loan and guarantee it for that purpose, right? You got to keep everyone happy. Then it's a great way to grow your business. It's a great way to grow your business. So that's the money side. And the last one is influence, right? We've talked a bit about this already, but if I introduce you to our tribe, 70,000 entrepreneurs get to hear about Adam. And if Adam's got a compelling free gift or masterclass or webinar or podcast interview on a topic that might be of interest to them, why the heck wouldn't I? Irrespective of if I would earn a referral fee or not. In our case, we pay referral fees all the time, but we, when we collect referral fees, we donate it to our nonprofit. We donate all the referral fees we earn to our nonprofit. We just decided strategically we wanted to do that so there was no confusion about why we were recommending people. Um, but we pay them all the time. We pay them all the time. In fact, I'm about to send a contract out to a guy in Ireland that when it's signed and paid, the person who introduced us is getting $5,000 and he doesn't even know it. Here's the cool part. He referred this guy. He's a client of this guy, actually. And he pays about 5000 a year to be in this guy's program. But this guy's investing a lot with us and buying the whole rights to the UK for a major partnership that we're doing. And so our normal fee is 20% of the first stage. In this case, that's $5,000. He doesn't even have a clue. He has no clue that's coming his way, right? And I won't tell him until I'm asking, where do I send it? Mm. <laughs> because I know that's not why he did it. I know that's not why he did it. He did it because he thought it would be a great partnership, a great introduction, and it is. It's fantastic. But so the motivation of why you help introducing people is different than the compensation. However, for entrepreneurs, the best way to grow your business is with referrals. We know that. We all know that. So why not reward that behavior? Right? Pay referral fees. Mm -hmm. Some industries you can't, but you can donate to their favorite charity hundred percent of the time, a hundred percent of the time. Let me say that again. If you're in a regulated industry and you say, oh, no. remember, don't ask, does this apply to me? Ask, how does this apply to me? If you're in a regulated industry, financial advisor, fiduciary relationship, they will adore referral fees paid to the charity of choice. I know I've gotten dozens and dozens of them approved through compliance on that exact issue. Mm. Why? Because the world's becoming a better place because of it. What does the fiduciary typically say? Oh, don't worry about it. I'm just happy to help you out. Yeah, and that's fine. And you could do that. But as an entrepreneur, you have a moral obligation to reward the behavior you want repeated. Let me say that again. You have a moral obligation to reward the behavior you want repeated. 
The best way to grow your business is with referrals. We all know that. So then reward them. Build it into your model. Heck, if you need to, change your pricing structure. Change your Absolutely. pricing structure so you can properly reward people on that. Does it have to be cash all the time? No, it can be all sorts of things. It can be all sorts of things. I actually got recently, you can see it up here. You see this thing here? Oh, yeah. It's a whiskey decanter. Is it a glow? No. A whiskey decanter. Ah. And I got it sent to me in Amazon. And the note that was supposed to come with it didn't come. And I put it back there to remind me of it. Yesterday, three months later, I found out who sent it to me. Chris, Chris the Greek said, so did you get my uh, <laughs> gift from Amazon? I go, is it you? I've been wondering who the heck sent it. Oh, my God. So I'm responding back and forth. And he goes, well, I sent a note. And I said, I didn't get the note. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't get the note. Oh, my God. It was just a thank you for a strategic alliance we did. Mm. Now, I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but I appreciated the gift. And it's a cool globe. And it's kind of fun. And, it, you know, it sits nice on my shelf. <laughs> At some points, I'm going to get some lagmolin or whatever it's called to pour into it. You know, some nice aged, you know, crazy PD whiskey. Because I, when I do drink, I, you know, what's that saying? I don't drink it very often. But when I do, I drink good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll do that. I'll definitely have that. But it was like, that was just his thank you gift. He could have sent mm. cash, right? But instead, I guarantee you that thing, I checked, that thing cost $60 on Amazon. I guarantee you, I got more than $60 worth of value from the surprise. And for months, I've been like, did you send me this? Did you send me this? Did you send me this? Nope, 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 nope. Wow. And now I just found out. I was all excited. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, we wander off a little bit. But the idea is, right? you focusing on leverage the things that matter most in your business and you can find people for it. And yes, it starts with you giving, but you can also be very self-serving about this because you want to create a win-win, mm. right? So if I want you to promote something for me, part of the deal is what can I do to help you? Absolutely. Right? I mean, I can't remember the last time I said no to being on a podcast. I can't remember the last time I said no, including startup podcasts, and podcasts that had topics that were a real stretch. And I would say, well, that's not what I do, but well, yeah, but do you talk about this or this? I go, well, yeah, I could. Okay, let's do it. All right, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons why podcasts have grown so much is it's really easy to say yes for guests. It's not a heavy lift, right? It's not like you know, fly me into London and put me up at the Savoy <laughs> or whatever it's called now, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, 500 a quid a night or some crazy number, right? Like, no, you just like send me a Zoom link, right? And we have a conversation and off we go. So I love strategic alliances. If you are wanting more impact, if you're wanting more income, if you're wanting more influence in the world, they are the easily the fastest and best way to grow your business. And part of it is, and you alluded to this in the introduction, part of it is that you can't grow 10% with a strategic alliance. You double, you triple, you 10X, you 50X. It's virtually impossible to do 10% growth on a strategic alliance. Mm. And yet many established businesses are happy with 10% growth. In these crazy COVID times, some businesses are begging for 10% growth. But for entrepreneurs now, for entrepreneurs, you can't do strategic alliances and only get 10%. You just can't. So it's, it's a force multiplier of, of extreme uh, level. And, 
And you definitely, if you're, if you're not familiar, you want to learn, you want to practice it, you want to get in the game and you want to do it for sure. So just before we um, sort of uh, wrap up, just sort of following on from that, what would you, what would you say to someone who was thinking, right, okay, I've not tried this before. What would be the first steps in order to think about looking for either strategic alliance partners or the, or the type to do first that would go a little bit beyond some of the examples we've gone, like coming onto a podcast or something like that. One that is going to potentially achieve that more than 10% growth. Yeah. It's the same exercise we get any one of our new clients to do that have got big, big goals. Um, you get your, your team together, your advisory board or your council of peers or your mastermind or whoever you get advice from that you value. And you say, if we could 10 X our business, 10 X, always use that. That's why my mug is about 10 X. I don't know if you saw that, but it's about 10 Xing, right? With 10 X on it. Yeah. With the dolphin. <laughs> Cause you know, we want dolphins do win, win sharks do win, lose. So it's all about the dolphins and the 10 X. If you could 10 X your business, what would that look like? And then first you play with what would it feel like for that level of impact? emotionally. What's the desire level? If that doesn't get you jumping out of your chair, excited, bubbling up and down, then you've got the wrong topic. But if it does, then the very next thing is, okay, who do we need to talk to to pull this off? Who do we need to talk to to pull this off? Right. And, and start brainstorming. And you may not even know their names. That's not important in the beginning. Right. You may be like a, a home builder and you know there's someone in charge of the Housing Construction Association of Nevada. There's some general, con some contractor who runs that association and you don't know who the person is, but you know that, boy, if the Housing Association of Nevada became a raving fan of our business, we'd build a lot more homes, right? Or you're a mortgage broker and you knew that if this bank became a raving fan of you because you do all these creative loans that they can't do, they could send you clients every single week, Right. Like you just start thinking of, you may not always know the person's name or the company even, but the role or the type of role today, you'll be blown away by the professions out there. I'm all constantly blown away. You know, I joke about niching being, picking your niche, being like left-handed chiropractors. And people mm -hmm. often laugh at me. Ah, oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. Left-handed chiropractors. I'm like, well, there was a, a workshop I did in Cleveland. And uh, we were talking about niching and there was a professional magician in the room, Richard McElindon III. And I said, well, you know, like Richard, you know, I mean, one-handed magician. No, actually I said left-handed magicians. That's what I said. And the whole room laughed. Ah, so funny, funny. And then Richard raises his hand. And I'm like, no, <laughs> get him a mic, get him a mic. And they ran a mic over and he goes, well, it's actually called one-handed sleight of hand tr magic tricks. And it's a magazine and there's 135,000 paid subscribers. 135,000 paid subscribers for one-handed magic tricks. If that's not a niche, what is, right? And so if you're a professional magician, he was, well, of course he knew about that because that was a source of influence, massive influence for him, mm. right? So you start with the big, big audacious goals, minimum 10xing your business, minimum 10xing your business. Then you start saying, okay, 
Does that, does that, is that exciting for us all? Is that like, yes, do we really want to pull that off? You read at the very beginning, our mission is to have 10,000 authority entrepreneurs building seven and eight figure businesses by December, 2024. Originally it was within five years. Then we realized we got to put a date on it. Otherwise it's not a goal. It's just an idea. So then we put the date on it and that freaked the crap out of us. <laughs> and then four months later, we had a single strategic alliance starting to form that today could do that on its own by the time it's fully implemented. I Literally one of our projects, one. And when we set that goal, we had no freaking clue whatsoever. And I teach this stuff for a living and I had no clue. It was literally one of those big, hairy, audacious goals stretching for the stars. What would be such a stretch that would make us, you know, become way better than we are? Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn's favorite quote about being a millionaire is set a goal to become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make of you to become a millionaire. Same thing here. 10,000 entrepreneurs, seven and eight figure businesses. Holy cow. Well, guess what? We're now having, we have multiple strategies to pull that off. Multiple strategies. And they're all involving strategic alliances. <laughs> Every single one of them, because there's no darn way I'm going to talk to 10,000 people, train them personally and coach them up to build a seven and eight figure business myself, right? I'll be involved, right? They might be watching some of my videos. They might see my backdrop as you commented on when we started in the green room, right? But th there's no way I can personally do that. And I'd be insane to try. Yeah. But our organization better believe it. Better believe it. We're going to blow through that number now. I mean, it's, it's, again, it sort of shows the, just, just the fact that you can almost with the strategic alliance, you can, you can create something out of thin air. And that's a very cliche way of sort of saying it, but it's, it's creativity, it's imagination, it's spotting opportunity. And it's ultimately, I think why we get into this game in the first place as business owners, entrepreneurs and everything. It's the ultimate problem solving exercise. Yes. It's fun. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I've, I've, I, I come across a lot of people that are, you know, they just, they're just focused on, on, on something very, very specific, which is like, yeah, but if you just sort of come out like, I need more leads, do you need more leads or do you need to be able to convert the ones that you are, you know, uh, bringing in or, you know, better, or is it that you need to sell to more, you know, that whole three ways to grow a business, that kind of thing. Mm. But if you actually then sort of help them to see that maybe lead generation isn't your problem, or if you could solve the lead generation problem, what is the opportunity behind that? And are you actually thinking about that? And therefore, how can you basically work with other businesses, other something to, to take care of the lead generation problem so that you can actually grow your side and the thing that you do so you don't ever have to think about it? You know, as you say, you don't want to learn Facebook ads. You don't really want to have to have someone running some form of lead generation for you because you have to pay for it and that's quite a you know transactional thing and they don't get involved in your business. I often say to people, I wouldn't I wouldn't want you to pay for a lead generation service because I would rather that you were able to have that control of it within your own business. Or you have a literal, I call it um, you know, an entire fleet of client catching captains of their own ship, right? Their own businesses. We call them lead generation machines. Yeah. It's right? literally, you are all working together and you are all looking to sort of, and then lead generation is, a, is, is never a problem. No. 
the problem becomes how do I scale the business? How do I fulfill? How do I do this? And those are better problems to have. And those are also problems you can solve with strategic alliances. There are people who specialize in those areas of problem solving, right? That are really, really good at at helping companies scale. A lot of entrepreneurs think scale is more sales. That's not scale. That's more sales, <laughs> right? Scale. I mean, the de- best definition of scale comes from Frank Bria. Frank and I, we did a joint venture together and Frank uh, wrote the book Scale. And we was on a, a summit of his called Scale. And I was talking about our risk reversal strategy where we teach people to guarantee their programs and link their payments to results because we think that's a better way to do it. And it's an easier way to sell them for sure. And so we were talking about all that. And then he was talking about how he defines scale. Here's how he defines it, Adam. See what you think of this. You get a new client, no additional work for you, the founder. Do you know something interesting, Tom? It's not out yet, but I uh, uh, I don't know if it'll be out before or after, but Frank has been on this podcast. It's not published oh, fantastic. Yet. Talking so, about scale, um, yes, right? He gave that exact, exact definition. And it's a super tough definition. Like every time I give it, I go, yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're getting closer, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And 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 but some of these things can be aspirational too, right? They can be aspirational. Like, how could I do a podcast interview and no additional work needed from me? I can't. Mm-hmm. Now I could share content to your audience without me being there, but the podcast I can't. So some things you just can't totally define scale. However, We hired a podcast booking company at the start of this year because we wanted to give away millions of dollars worth of scholarships. And they booked me on 30 or 40 shows in a couple of months. So all of that was taken care of for me. And I just showed up and did the call. So there's a way to add scale to an otherwise unscalable process or what would normally be considered unscalable process. So even there, you can do that. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, Frank's Frank's brilliant on on the topic of scale. Well, he's brilliant on a lot of topics. He's got layers. That guy's got layers. Oh, he literally wrote the book. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Literally. In fact, you probably had him on because he wrote a new book on the same topic. So, yeah. Yeah. Very similar. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, the, yeah, again, what what stands out to me, I'll tell you what, what, what stands out to me most about pretty much every conversation I have with people on this podcast that are at a real high level, it's simply the way that they think and that they view the importance of relationships. And the way that they, as you said, there's no competition. It's what is the opportunity. And it's the way that they think about things and the way that they look at the world. And it's kind of, it's so refreshing. And it's, I guess sometimes when it's natural, right? It's difficult if you're just starting or you're, you know, you're, you're kind of on that ladder and everything is a struggle and all the rest of it. You're kind of thinking, oh God, I've got all this to do and all the rest of it. And I've got nothing to offer. I'm just going to have to scrap for it and all the rest of it. Whereas actually, if there's one thing that I want anyone to, um, you know, whether you're, whether you're just starting or whether you are, you know, on that ladder or anything, if I could just go back to myself starting my, um, my arrogant, you know, 30 odd year old self, back in the day when I started, you know, my career, it would be invest in relationships and actually look at how you can help the person next to you mm-hmm. before anything else. Ask that question. How can I help you do more of what you do better? Yeah. And just look at the world in that way. And suddenly nothing, things won't be so much of a struggle because as you say, you ask who, not how. Yeah. And I and think that is such a refreshing, if I could just bang that into anybody's head. Totally. It's, yeah. it's, in fact, it's why we did the Strategic Alliance Summit, the live ones five years ago. It's why we started doing it 
because you would go to these live events and we would meet these fascinating people on breakouts or lunches or whatever. And, and we would hardly get any time to get to know them. And, you know, I mean, you can't build high trust relationships without time to get to know them. You just can't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work electronically. I mean, in terms of emails, right? Mm-hmm. Electronically with visual. Yeah. You can get to know people this way that is so much accelerated over the old days where it was audio only like so much better. You see nonverbal communication, you can have conversations, you can get a feel for someone, right? Especially if you're a high kinesthetic and you need to get genuinely get a feel for someone, video can really help. Obviously, if you're a visual person, it can help a lot. But even auditory people, people who primarily decide based on auditory, seeing and hearing allows for a more deepening of that trust relationship. So I completely agree with that. And, and it's also why we're super excited to package it all up and take it virtual uh, early next year. We're now marketing it, as you know, because it, it allows people, whether they're new or they're emerging or they're established to leverage their time, money, and influence in three days. And we describe it as the world's largest deal-making event um, we'll see if we can pull that off by the time it's done, but we think we will do literally hundreds of millions of dollars of deals. Every attendee, as you know, is getting guaranteed $100,000 in deals, and they're paying the ticket fee once they not only do the deals, but close them and get paid, right? Which no one's ever done in our space. Just just to sort of um, clarify for anyone listening, this is your, it's the Strategic Alliance Summit and it's yes. going to be in January 2021. So if you're listening to this after, the, the summit has, has happened, but- We'll be doing them three times a year. So the links that whatever, if you, Adam's got links below, you'll see for the next ones because we've already decided this is going to be three times a year. It's that important for people. We, we do live ones and once COVID allows us to do live, we'll still do the smaller, more intimate live ones. But the online one, we expect more than a thousand people and people will walk in and, in, you know, in, in one 45 minute deal making session, pick up 10 marketing partners, pick up 10 marketing. And that's, partners. that's, that's, that's going to be different, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of, you know, uh, uh, an increase in the number of online summits and there's quite a well-known format and all the rest of it. And they're great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You could learn a lot and all the rest of it. But what is missing is that actual networking piece, that actual, right, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's meet some of the other people in the room. Most of these, you don't even see the other people in the room. Yep. And it's more about actually getting stuff done rather than I'm going to listen to uh, Mr. Guru on the mountain and all the rest of it. And, uh, yeah. you know, the cabal that will uh, educate me until I need and to sell you a program on how to do deals. <laughs> exactly. So why not just show them and yeah. help them? And, yeah. and I, yeah, I think that approach no speakers, is, is fantastic. No, all of our training is free. It's included. It's done before the event. So if you don't have any experience in this or it's outside your comfort zone, we'll get you up to speed. Don't worry about that. As long as you bring an attitude of service and you hit it, you said it several times today. If you bring an attitude of service, how can I help? How can I support? You have so, every single one of us has so many ways we can help other people that we're rarely thinking about that in our normal day-to-day business. We're rarely, oh, I know so. I should introduce you to this all the time, right? Once you start thinking that way, you start acting that way. We're building an entire social media platform just for this event. Uh, it's like LinkedIn for deal making, And it's not even on our site. We're not even telling people about it until they become a ticket holder right now. And the reason is we wanted, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to make connections and not like useless articles and Facebook videos of kitty cats and stuff like that. Right. There's plenty. We, we all need an escape. I'm not, I'm not judging that, 
but that's not growing your business, folks. <laughs> that's like, you know, that's like letting your mind go and having fun and relaxing. And yeah, but don't think that's growing your business. That's not called networking when you're watching Facebook videos and putting a like on it, right? That's not building a high trust relationship. Even Facebook, even Facebook doesn't count likes anymore in their algorithms. They only count relevant comments. They only count relevant comments. So if you have a business friend of yours that's posted something and it's really awesome and you want to help them, don't hit a like. Facebook doesn't even count that anymore in their algorithms. They changed this a couple of years ago, evidently. Relevant comments, same on LinkedIn. Relevant comments, so if you want to help someone, if you're if you're trying to win the attention of an influencer on Facebook or LinkedIn, relevant comments, relevant comments, because that actually elevates the authority of the post or of the video or of the masterclass replay or whatever it is that you're commenting on. Um, so always, always, always ask yourself, you know, uh, how you can serve in these relationship building strategies and then get yourself in an environment to do it. You know, our summit's just one way to do it. We think it's the best way. We've created it to be the easiest way, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way. There's lots of ways to do it. More importantly, you know, I want anyone listening into this to be open to the possibility of every day looking and saying, who, not how, who, not how, who, not how, right? You do that, you're going to change your business. Absolutely. And um, what I've done, if anyone's sort of interested in seeing the um, the summit or getting some more information, um, I've set up a link to where people can actually go so it's easier to remember. It's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash alliances. And what that will do is Tom's also got a fantastic um, free gift, which is mm. basically a free gift worth, what is it, $65,000? Um, $65,000 we paid our attorneys for these legal templates, yes. <laughs> uh, it's eight, eight legal templates that you can use to basically protect yourself, but also maximize the opportunity for every um, strategic alliance that you would potentially do. So you can go to that link, you can get hold of that, and then you can find out all about the summit because, uh, yeah, you'll see um, Tom being uh, on, on, the, on the other side, basically explaining what it's all about, how it can help you. And my God, it is a no-brainer if you ask me. You know, literally, if you've got nothing else from this conversation, it's that the answer to most problems can be solved with two words, strategic alliances in business anyway i mean i don't know well you know maybe i don't know maybe the oh, ultimate there's strategic a whole alliance. bunch of people who do this for personal relationships and, and i was gonna uh, say the ultimate strategic health. alliance surely is marriage right yeah <laughs> no, that is the <laughs> so, ultimate one well right? and some of us that are on that are, that have now have a have an ex-wife or a first wife as i call it lovingly you can do strategic <laughs> alliances and you can do them poorly too so it's a, i'm yeah. not going to be teaching marriage strategies to anyone i promise you that but money <laughs> creation strategies yeah i can help out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah take a look at it and um yeah it's in uh it's in january 2021 but then there'll be others going throughout the year yeah and you know, seriously, I, I I often say this as well. Like, even if you're not necessarily thinking, right, I'm going to go to this event. I think I always say that you can learn so much from watching what people do and how they do it than you can from even just going and actually getting their stuff. Because what's really interesting, a way that, that that Tom and his team are doing this, it's the process. It's the it's the way they have positioned this in a different way. They have thought about this, seen what's going on in the industry, and are doing something different. They are making an enormous promise that I've never seen. Design. And we didn't even get to this, you know, the way that you yeah. talk about linking payments to results and all the rest of it. And, you know, my God, we could go on for literally days. But- well, that's a good topic for the next time. Exactly. But 
just go and look at what it is. And some of the stuff behind the scenes, you can, you can sort of look at how it's being promoted. I mean, there's an entire, um, referral network being built. And, you know, as you say, you've got manager behind it and all the rest of it. It is impressive. And yet you still have time to sit here and spend what's nearly an hour and 20 minutes having a conversation because you have built these strategic alliances and you've allowed yourself that time in your day. And I think that's a testament to both the way that you think, the way that you embrace a strategic alliance, but also from the the, the strategy itself, it, it can be the answer to pretty much any business problem. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate you making time for this. I'm happy to do it. Um, if you're tuning in and listening, definitely check us out. We'd love you to come join us. Uh, and, and actually, you know, we promise you'll do your strategic alliances directly at this event. No speakers, as Adam referred to, no content training. The event itself is all deal-making. We set the stage, we give you some context so you're ready, and then we do breakouts and you do deals. And then we take a break and you'll paper those deals in what we call deal sheets and you'll submit them and you'll earn badges in our community world because you want to reward the behavior you want repeated, right? So you're going to earn dolphin badges, Adam. You're going to earn dolphin badges. We're going all in on this. And, and uh, your first deal, you, be, you get a green dolphin badge on your profile, um, which we're calling Jerry. We're calling the first dolphin Jerry, as in Show me the money, Jerry. <laughs> Tom Cruise's favorite line from that movie. And, and, and then the rest of the dolphins are more dolphin-like names, uh, depending on how many deals. But the whole idea is anyone can do this. It's a lot of fun. And we've set it up so that you get as much opportunity to meet like-minded people as possible. Some will be in the same field you're in. Some will deliberately be in different fields. And that's the other thing that that will blow your mind is you can do some of the most creative deals with people that aren't even in your industry. Mm. As long as you're both looking, how do we help? How do we help? How do we help? How do we help? And not just both, like four or five of us. How do we help? How do we help? How do we help? It's a lot of fun. Hope you can join us. Uh, for those of you that have tuned into this, I appreciate all your time, Adam. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So yeah, if you want to go and check it out, go and get the uh, eight legal templates at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash um, alliances. And obviously the links will be in the show notes. And um, what's your preferred method of contact with people that may want to connect personally with you, Tom? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Yeah, the Where best way is to search my name on LinkedIn. I've got about 25,000 first degree connections. So I come up right away. M-A-T-Z-E-N. I'm part of the Commonwealth. I can say that properly for our American <laughs> friends tuning in. You can put a Z in there. That's okay. M-A-T-Z-E-N. Uh, and uh, it'll come up and, and there's all kinds of great content and free masterclasses and training linked to my profile as well. Um, we, we believe that the best way to build a business is with education-based marketing, right? You give, you give and give and give. And then the right people will go, I really like that. I, I can resonate with that. Uh, let's talk. And that's how we run our business. We encourage you to do the same thing. And we know that's how Adam runs his business. So we appreciate your time, Adam. Uh, thank you ever so much. And uh, I appreciate your time. And um, as I always say at the end of these, happy fishing. So there we go. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some great ideas and, and found it really valuable. And you've got some things that you can now go off and do in your own business to help grow your business and attract and catch more clients. And if you have found it valuable and you can think of just one other person that may find some of these ideas helpful and, and, and help them grow their business, please share it with them because they'll thank you for it. 
So also don't forget to grab a copy of my book, Conversational Relationship Marketing from the podcast gift page at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift. And all that's really left with me to say is thank you ever so much for listening today. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there you could be listening to. You've chosen this one. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. If you're a first time listener or a, or a long time listener and you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do because you'll get updated of the latest episodes every time they come out. And if, again, you are enjoying it, I'd really, really appreciate a honest rating review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one personally, and they do really mean the world to me. And yes, they help others find the show. If you're able to do that, again, I massively, massively appreciate it. But until next time, happy fishing.